What's up, Boston? It's Friday, November 4th, and that means it's time again for your weekly Friday Five, where we give you the lowdown on what you need to know from last week's news heading into this weekend. I'm Landry. And I'm Christina. With the Boston University News Service, or BUNS for short. Today, we'll hear from Christina and I about the latest in the presidential election, some local news with Rob, tech news with Aaron and Charlie, sports with Christina and Bree, and where the fun is in Boston this weekend with me and Isha. Let's dive right in, shall we? So, Christina. What's up? Election day is coming up. Uh, are you? How are you feeling right now? A little bit of stress, and by a little bit, I mean like I, there's enough stress going on that could fill the Grand Canyon. It's a lot more intense than I thought it'd be. It is. It's one of the biggest elections in our history. Um, there's probably going to be more people going to the polls than ever before. We were looking at the polls this morning. I was looking at 538.com, the big poll aggregator, and it looks like Hillary's chances of winning have dwindled down to 67%. So it's looking to be a close race, looking to be a late night on Tuesday. Um, The big state we're looking at is Florida. As you guys well know from the Bush-Gore election, (laughs) Florida is a very important state for winning the election, and it's gone down to practically a 50-50 race right now. So that's really a state to look at that night. And Trump has spent a lot of time there this week. Yesterday, he was in Jacksonville. He's been to Orlando. He's really trying to kind of barnstorm that state as Hillary has spent a lot of time in North Carolina trying to get out the African-American vote. Um, as she knows that that demographic is probably going to do best for her. So uh, both candidates are still going full steam ahead with Tuesday coming up. We encourage all you listeners to follow us on the BU News Service website. We're going to have coverage from Trump party events and Hillary events in New York, New Hampshire, and Boston. We're going to be bringing you all the coverage, video, audio, print, everything you can imagine. So we've got you covered election night. Hopefully we're not up too late. Think of it this way, Landry. At the end of the day, we don't just get pizza, but we also get a new president. And one other thing to add that's been playing a lot into the reason why Hillary's lead has probably gone down is James Comey, the FBI director, announced an email last week, according to the New York Times, that... There is a new batch of emails that were found when they were searching through. For those of you who don't know, Anthony Weiner was a politician in New York who was found out to be sending um, some lewd tweets and photos to underage women. As you can imagine, he got in a lot of trouble for that. And this has happened multiple times, actually. He tried to make a comeback. And now he has made yet another comeback into the news. And there's been a lot of fire made out of this. The Democrats are obviously very angry that uh, this close to election, the FBI, according to them, is kind of interfering, it seems, that this kind of Mm -hmm. comes out of nowhere. They've been investigating the emails. They haven't found anything too damning yet. It looks like um, there's been some shady dealings with money going towards the Clinton Foundation. Hillary at campaign events is just saying the same thing, you know, after these emails are investigated. It's going to be the same result as before. I'm going to be exonerated. So that's something to look into as election comes up and we may not even know the results of everything for election day and lastly we encourage you all again please vote please vote this is a big election it's your civic duty and you get a sticker so christina other huge national news that i think both candidates actually haven't even commented on the standing rock uh, the pipeline protests going on right now can you tell us about a bit about that yeah i think it's really really weird that this close to election time and you want to try to get those last minute undecided voters who care about big national events like this basically dapl or the dakota access pipeline is this projected project that north america wants for us to have 100 percent domestically produced oil 
So this pipeline would span from North Dakota to a terminus in Patoka, Illinois. It would transport thousands of barrels of oil, keeping it all here. This project was proposed in January and was supposed to be functional by the end of this year. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, this pipeline, as good as it would be for American business, is posing a huge problem. In July, the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe filed an official complaint against the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers for granting permits to construct this pipeline. Shortly after they issued the complaint, protests and demonstrations have been going on since then. And you'd think that, oh, since it's been going on for a while, people aren't paying attention. No, this actually hasn't gotten a lot of coverage. MPRnews.org, not NPR, points out that the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe opposes the construction because the pipeline's route would actually go through some sacred sites and bureau places for the tribes and not other local tribes. And it could also pollute local drinking water for some of these tribes as well. So that's pretty bad other than the fact that you're imposing on another culture, but also that's a health hazard. Mm -hmm. Has President Obama weighed in on this at all? He did try to help when the first bit of protest came out, but obviously the protests have been gone going. This week, he actually suggested on a Now This interview that the government is monitoring the situation. And he does view it as the American people should accommodate lands for Native Americans. He hasn't said that they'll actually reroute it yet, but they're really looking into it. And Christina, I've noticed a lot of people on Facebook are checking in to Standing Rock, kind of throwing a wrench in the uh, police forces that are coming out. Can you talk about that? Uh, Yeah, because I think one of the biggest problems for the protest up to this point is the fact that it has not been getting any attention. Sure. Therefore, people have been checking in on Facebook, even though they'll be miles away to North Dakota to try to get awareness of the pipeline problem and protest. People might not be able to be there and be getting arrested, but they're trying to bring awareness to help thwart any um, police forces who are trying to stop this. So we'll see how that pans out. Hopefully no big controversies will arise with these protests, but as we all know, protests could change in a blink of an eye. Well, that's been your update on national news. Now we're going to throw it off to our favorite local, Rob. Hey guys, so there's been some big updates on ballot question four since last time we checked in. The Archdiocese of Boston have contributed $850,000 to the vote no on question four campaign. That doesn't seem so surprising to me, but what gives? Some people are a little surprised that the Boston Archdiocese is campaigning against question four because the proponents of four have been saying that it will help take nonviolent criminals out of the prison system, which is something that the Catholic Church in Boston actually does have a vested interest in based on their outreach to the poor communities and their work with convicted criminals. Cardinal Sean O'Malley actually released a series of YouTube videos uh, through Catholic TV, though, where he explains the Boston uh, Archdiocese side of this story. What he said is that decriminalization has already dealt with the disproportionate number of people being sent to prison for marijuana possession. And at this point, what they're trying to do is keep people from thinking that this is a harmless drug. O'Malley cites support from the mayor, the attorney general, several people in the medical community in Boston, and says that with all these people speaking out against it, it's time for the church to step up as well and really do something to contribute to the campaign. But how are we polling? Last I saw, it was uh, pretty favorable for legalizing marijuana recreationally. That's true, Charlie. The latest WBUR poll shows the yes vote at 49%, with the no vote only having 44%. We'll see how this endorsement changes things, though. That money can 
by a lot of ad time, and 44% of mass citizens are Catholic, and so an endorsement from the church could sway things in the no campaign's favor. Hey, Charlie, do you live in Boston? I do live in Boston. Well, when you're filling out your ballot, I know we've talked about ballot question one, ballot question two, ballot question three, ballot question four, but did you know you're going to have a secret ballot question five? Uh, No. No, there's only four. So, depending on what community in Massachusetts you live in, you may actually have a fifth question on your ballot. So, Boston and 15 other municipalities are going to be voting on whether to approve a CPA. The CPA is a Community Preservation Act, which allows property taxes to be increased not more than 3%, and that money all goes directly into community-based projects. Now, depending on where you live, this property tax increase will affect you differently. So to make your decision easier when you're going to the polling booth, Boston has released a CPA calculator at cpainfo.boston.gov. What you can do is plug in your address and it will estimate how much your property tax will increase if you vote for this. In other Boston news, a judge is considering granting former Massachusetts Speaker of the House, Salvador DeMassey, an early release under the Compassionate Release Program. DeMassey was convicted in 2011 on seven of the nine charges he faced for conspiracy, honest services fraud, mail fraud, aiding and abetting, and wire fraud. For kickbacks, he received when helping get the Cognos ULC, an IBM-owned company, into Burlington, Massachusetts. All right, so what are they thinking of releasing him for? So there's a compassionate release clause that allows a prison sentence to be shortened given extreme circumstances. Since entering prison, DeMassey has contracted two forms of cancer. And while his throat and tongue cancer are in remission, they have left him almost unable to swallow, leading his family and now the prosecution to request a lighter sentence. If granted, DeMassey will be released two years early to his home. The judge is still deciding whether to grant this, and if they do grant it, whether or not DeMassey should be held under house arrest for the remainder of his sentence. All right, guys, and now it's time for science! 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 And tech. With Aaron Wade. We gonna light it up like it's dynamite. What are you doing, Rob? Oh, uh, sorry. I was just thinking about Tesla's new solar panels. Get it? Light it up! Uh, Christina, can we get some cricket sounds in here to make sure people really understand how lame that joke was? Okay, but seriously, let's talk about these new solar panels. Uh, Okay, Tesla's Elon Musk announced last Friday that Tesla is partnering up with SolarCity to produce not just solar panels, but actual solar roofs! If that isn't neat, I don't know what is. Elon Musk reportedly said the solar tiles had a quasi-infinite lifetime. That's a long lifetime, Rob. Musk says they're also 98% as efficient as traditional solar panels. Plus, as an added bonus, the solar roofs are really pretty, unlike traditional panels. Musk also unveiled a new Powerwall battery that has twice the capacity of the original, which is a great companion for a solar roof. Now that is uber cool. And... Speaking of Uber. Right! A new study on Uber and Lyft said some of their drivers discriminate based on race. It looked at people's names, and the MIT University of Washington Stanford study showed that drivers took 16 to 28% longer to respond to distinctly black-sounding names. Uber X drivers in Boston were found to be twice as likely to cancel a pickup if they saw a black rider's photo after they agreed to go get them. Some suggested solutions from the study are mixing up photos and names associated with accounts. A Lyft spokesperson said the 
company has no plans to do that, and they're extremely proud of their positive impact on communities of color. Uber says, we believe Uber is helping to reduce transportation inequities, but they thought the study was helpful in thinking about how we can do even more. Wow, that study is uh, it's kind of a bummer, Aaron. Do you have anything that maybe would cue some childhood nostalgia in me to cheer me up? Oh my gosh, Rob, you came to the right place. In fact, I'm really excited about this. I've got something about dinosaurs today. Dinosaurs? Dinosaurs! <laughs> there was an excavation done in England where they found a fossilized dinosaur brain, which has never been found before. We know so little about dinosaurs' brains. And now we have one that we can study. It was an iguanodontian. Very cool stuff, Rob. This research was presented at the annual meeting of the Society of Vertebrate Paleontology. Um, It took place in Utah this year. Very cool stuff, Rob. We're going to know so much more about what dinosaurs thought. That is awesome, but I'm just going to have my fingers crossed that this does not somehow turn into Jurassic Park 5. I have my fingers crossed it will turn into Jurassic Park 5. Well, teach their own. That'll do it for Science and Tech today. Now let's throw it off to Christina and Bree with sports. All right, Bree. so it's our favorite time again. It's sports talk time. Let's do this. Even though the Red Sox have not been playing baseball in the last few weeks, the World Series wrapped up this weekend, so what happened there? That was probably one of the best baseball games I've watched, and this is coming from someone who's kind of a casual fan. Cubs finally ending their drought after literally over 100 years. Yes. In the rain! That's what's funny. You ended a drought (laughs) after a rain delay. A hundred and eight years. So if you didn't watch, which I don't understand how you did, the Cubs pulled an 8-7 victory in extra innings after a 17-minute delay after the ninth inning. Ben Zorbis uh, was the MVP. He hit the tiebreaker in the top of the 10th with a double. And, like, after that, uh, he told MLB.com that he actually compared the game to a heavyweight fight. Accurate. He described it like both teams were going uh, blow for blow, everybody playing their hearts out, and then he said, I can't believe we're finally standing after 108 years, finally able to uh, hoist the trophy. I know Chapman gave up those two runs to to Davis, which that two-run homer, I was hollering. And now the Cubs get to enjoy partying it up in Chicago for... I know it's late. God knows how long. Yeah. (laughs) They are long For 108 years. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on back to Boston, let's talk about the Celtics. Um, The Celtics, they took on LeBron and the Cavs last night. For the two head-to-head matchups that were going on with the Celtics and the, the Cavs and the Warriors and the Thunder, I was kind of surprised that that was the better game. Really? Yeah. Okay, so the final mm. score for that game was actually 128 to 122. The Celtics have been doing really well with these high-scoring games. They do. They're averaging over 100 points per game. Like, they can score the ball. Great, Isaiah. Thomas, even though he was 8 for 19, he was really creative in terms of getting to the line. He was he hit all his free throws. He was 14 of 14, so he was really doing a good job finding his shot in the paint. I think the Celtics, especially in the second half, put up a really good fight. They almost forced it into overtime, making me upset because I'm thinking <laughs> I'm watching the main event. I was still also surprised again how well they were able to bounce back. Mm. It seemed like the Cavs were in control for, the first, for most of the first half, which kind of made the game, you know, hard to watch in and out. But they really did 
did a great job, especially considering that Horford was not playing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So, do you know when their next game is? Yes, they take on the Nuggets on Sunday at 7.30 p.m. And it's a home game, too, so they're so. back at... Uh, so we really need to get you learning hockey. Yeah, <laughs> really lacking in that area. So don't worry, I got us our update on how the Bruins did. They ended October on a good note, so they had a solid game against the Detroit Red Wings. They actually won one to nothing. They edged past the Florida Panthers in a two to one victory with uh, their goalie Tuka Rask making thirty three saves. Uh-huh. They beat out the Tampa Bay Lightning in a 4-3 shootout yesterday. So that was pretty exciting to watch. And their next game will be tomorrow. They will be hosting the Rangers. So that should be interesting because remember the last time they played the Rangers, one of their players got that suspension. suspension. Oh, yeah. So who knows how that'll turn out. Back to the sports that we both are a lot more familiar with, football. After they dominated over the Bills in a 41-25 to victory last mm-hmm. weekend, they're on a bye week. Yes. So what do you know about <laughs> the Patriots? Patriots this weekend. They traded Jamie Collins to the Browns. Um, I just thought it was really interesting, especially since he was coming off one of his better seasons in 2015. I was in shock, and I know we've come to a point where it's like, don't doubt Belichick. That man knows what he's doing. But this is one decision where I was like, I want to know what he was thinking or what what the thought process was in terms of this trade, especially since this is one of the few that involved draft picks as well. Knowing you know Cleveland, they. They're loading up or trying. Actually, Belichick told <laughs> WEEI that ultimately the trade was done for what they thought is best for the team. Well, who knows? Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get more justifications and see how this might pan out over this bye week. The next game for the Patriots will be on November 13th, where they will be hosting the Seattle Seahawks at home. Ooh, that'll be fun. Oh, you already know. <laughs> so thank you, Bree, for that amazing sports update. Thank you, Chris. So, Isha, it's November. And that means... That means we're going to start seeing all the November mustaches, seeing the Thanksgiving decorations come out, and the number one thing... Christmas music. We're going to start hearing it. I'm excited right. about it. You're all pretty excited that. about it? I'm not going to lie. I usually try to wait till Thanksgiving to start playing my Christmas music. Well, it's okay to start early. Yeah, I think so. Especially when it's Michael Buble's Christmas album. Well, for this weekend, the weekend before the election, I know you, everyone's probably pretty stressed thinking about whether their candidate will win or lose. But there's still plenty of fun to take your mind off things this weekend. Starting off, Isha, with something on campus. Uh, BU on Broadway is going to perform Anything Goes, a very famous musical. Do you know anything about it? Uh, nope. Well, let me tell you some things about it. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Anything Goes is set aboard kind of an ocean liner. It's called SS American. There's a nightclub singer evangelist named Reno. And, of course, it's going to be a love story. There's a love triangle, actually, on this luxury liner. Classic. There's going to be a lot of great songs. You'll be humming to them as you leave the theater. And kind of the best part of this is that since you're a Boston University student, you get $6 tickets. So this is going to be tonight and tomorrow at 8 p.m. The Psy Performance Center on campus. Are you going to that? Um, I want to now. This sounds like a really good time, and I really do need something to take my mind off the election. (laughs) I would go to sing along. So again, only $6, students. So bring your ID, enjoy the music. And next up, have you heard about this one, Isha? The Pumpkin Chunkin'. 
I haven't, but I'm super into it. So, Isha, the pump, the pumpkin chunkin is this event where you kind of bring your pumpkins, bring your leftover candy. You're going to shoot it out of a slingshot, and I don't even know what direction. <laughs> I'm just excited for what that's going to look like. I have some pumpkins that are starting to smell a little bit, so I think this is going to be the perfect way to get rid of them. Do you have any leftover Halloween candy? I do. Lots, actually. This is going to be at the Pageant Field in Quincy tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and it's going to be about $5, but you're going to want to bring your pumpkin along. Bring as many pumpkins as you want, $5 per shot. Have a great time, and take a lot of photos. Take a lot of Snapchats, because this is going to yep. look really great. I'm sure your friends will really enjoy seeing it on social media. And next up, the 30th annual Boston Christmas Festival, but it starts in November. Why is Boston rushing Christmas? I'm not sure. I feel like it gets earlier every year. Are there any Christmas decorations that you usually have around the house? Is there anything that you really look forward to when the Christmas season starts? I would say Christmas cookies. Christmas is that cookies? A thing? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like cookies in the shape of gingerbread men is what comes to mind. That works too. Well, I'm sure you'll find those at the uh, Christmas festival going on all this weekend. There's going to be 300 master American craftsmen, there's bargain hunters, home accessories, designer fashions, gourmet foods. Local chefs are going to be there. So I imagine if you request, they might make a cookie in the shape of a gingerbread, whatever really you'd like for so. them. This is going to be at the Seaport World Trade Center today through Sunday, noon to 5 p.m. To get in, it's $13. So, Isha, do you like cider? I love cider. Exclusively drink cider now. Really? I do. I'm starting to drink, now that I moved to Boston, I've started to drink cider much more. It must be those New England apples. They're so delicious. I know, right? It's, right? There's like, something magical in there. Well, I think I have an event that's just for you. Really? This is going to be at Bantam Cider Company this Sunday at 1 p.m. And it's going to be a taproom tasting. So you can go to their cider-dedicated tasting room and get some pints, get some flights of all the ciders they have to offer. The tour is absolutely free. To get a full pour of the cider is $6. The flights are $10. And uh, yeah, go bring some friends. Hopefully the weather will cooperate. Enjoy that. The last lingering bits of fall as you're sipping on your cider. And maybe they'll have just some regular apples for you to chop down on too. Uh, I think I'm f focusing on cider. Yeah, this so. sounds perfect. Well, that'll do it for all the events happening this weekend. But as always, I want to recommend something to watch this weekend. I'm going to recommend two movies because I'm feeling kind of crazy. Number <laughs> one, I'm sure everyone's heard about this one, Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. This weekend. Are you going to be seeing that one, Isha? Oh, yes. Are if you... I get time from all the election craziness, <laughs> right. I will. Have you read the comics? Do you know anything about it? I have not, unfortunately. But I am into comic books, so mm -hmm. I will. Well, I'm very into Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, yeah. Oh, He's one of my yep. favorite people. And I will see anything in definitely something where he is a wizard essentially the basic premise of the movie is he's i believe a scientist who uh, goes to tibet to learn some magical powers and as, as in every marvel movie there is some supreme evil he has to fight and it should be a spectacle um reviews from rotten tomatoes look pretty good i believe it's over 90 percent, which is usually a good sign so that'll definitely be a fun time at the movies another smaller film i'd love to recommend is moonlight this is a barry jenkins film that's been getting a lot of raves out of film festivals it's about a, kind of an African-American child coming of age. It shows three periods of his life. And this is happening during kind of uh, the war on drugs, Reagan era. It shows him like coming into terms with who he is. And it's supposed to be really gorgeous. A lot of really pretty visuals. So I would say go see that one. But, you know, don't feel any shame about going and seeing the big spectacle too. <laughs> I'll be in that line for Doctor Strange. I'm sure I'll see you there too, Isha. Yes, definitely. And uh, as the election comes up, we'll just try to enjoy that as much as we can. But that'll do it for the arts and the fun things there are to do this weekend for us. I'll see you next week. Yep, see you now.
All right, folks, with that, this ends this week's Buns Friday Five for November 4th, 2016. Tune in next time to find out what five topics we think you need to know from the week before. For the Buns Friday Five, I'm Christina Atienza. I'm Landry Harland. Have a fantastic week.